Hello everyone, welcome back to Chippy and Chilled Anime Podcast, the podcast that talks all about all things anime, all things manga, anything that you're kind of thinking Japan related, it's about anime, it's about manga, I'm going to be talking about it on this podcast, so be sure to subscribe to make sure you don't miss an episode. So I'm your host Ryan and I'm a massive anime and manga fan and I have been for many 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 years, since the 90s, since I was a kid and that fad has never truly ended. So a few things before we dive into today's episode, I've got a bunch of new anime pin badges over on my eBay shop for you to check out. There's One Piece ones, there's Pokemon one and there's some Jujutsu Kaisen ones with more being added to the range soon. I'm not entirely sure when, I need to kind of prep them first, but they are coming soon. Be sure to check out the first five pins are over, they're already live, they're already on the shop, go check them out. You won't want to miss out on them, they're great to add to hats, bags, like straps on stuff. Honestly, go check them out, I've kept some of them for myself to add to my bag, because I just couldn't let them all go, I needed to keep some for myself. And also, if you're into Funko Pops, much like myself, and like me, are also kind of addicted to them. I've got a 10% off code for you for OpticCollectibles.com and it's ChibiWeeb. So if you enter the code ChibiWeeb on OpticCollectibles.com, you'll save 10% off your order. Go check them out. They've got some exclusives and chase on chase what pops on there and also some like mystery boxes where it's kind of like you could get a chase, you could get a normal, who knows, it's all part of the Funko collecting fun. Go to opticcollectibles.com for 10% off using the code CHIBBYWEEB. So this episode is all about One Piece and we're continuing on with the kind of mini-series that is me going through and kind of sharing trivia, sharing little tidbits and thoughts and reflections on the arcs of One Piece and this time it's all about Fishman Island and the Straw Hats finally arrived there and Let's discuss it. So I'm on episode 604 at the minute over in Punk Hazard. So I'm a little bit into that one, so that'll be the next one. But this time it's all about Fishman Island and all the forecasting that happened in this fairly short series. Let's dive into it. There's a lot to unpack with this one so much. So Fishman Island is the 25th story arc in the manga and anime of One Piece and both the second and last story of the Fishman Island saga which makes complete sense and it's the second story arc of the second half of the series. So we've got quite a, we've had quite a journey to get to this one island and it's the 16th season of the anime and it's around 60 episodes. So to kind of get to this bit is a huge milestone and you've kind of at this bit you hit the time skip so it's been two years since in theory in the story it's been two years since we last saw the straw hats all together and we start to see all their new looks their new powers their new abilities and capabilities and it's just insane they look so so good and each character has been going through their own training on their own islands that they were sent to and if you remember Kuma we discovered that Kuma was revolutionary and protected the Sunny at Sabode for those two years while they trained up and trained up on the islands that he sent them to and it's at this point we kind of think actually yeah he did send them to those islands specifically for a reason I think he knew exactly where he was sending them and what was best for them because now we know that Kuma actually was a guinea pig for the government and 
was very quickly losing his humanity, I guess, but he did have something programmed by Dr. Vegapunk to, as soon as one of these straw hats arrived, he would leave and the Sunny would stay protected at Sabode until they returned two years later. So, awesome, super little detail there. I really, really loved that. And that's something I kind of, kind of, it piqued my interest during when we first saw Kuma in the battle with Kuma before he sent them all off. And yep, he was he was on their side in the end anyway. Absolutely awesome. So Fishman Island, enough about that. So Fishman Island, first of all, is an underwater island which dwells 10,000 metres below sea level in a giant hole that goes under the red line and at the bottom of a deep trench and you have to get the ship coated in order to even reach the island. The island resides in a double giant double layered bubble floating above the sea floor and there's kind of like another one above that for like the palace and stuff and it's seemingly filled with about half water and half reef and half air so it's kind of bizarre in a sense i kind of assumed it would just be filled with water but it's not and Yugo palace rests in a smaller bubble on the top which is the one i've just mentioned and it's illuminated by sunlight tree trees and it's kind of like the roots of the trees and it's how they kind of filter light down through the water and it serves as an underwater gateway to the new world so you can't get to the new world without going to fisherman island i believe i think that's correct and for those who don't want to wish those of you who don't want to kind of cross the red line above you kind of go through fisherman island and that seems to be the most common way but also the most dangerous and hard to reach way as well there's no easy way of going about this I loved the idea of this island. I thought it was really funky. It's a little bit different. We've kind of gone to... We've kind of reached both areas now, haven't we? We've gone to the bottom of the ocean and we've been to Sky Pier Island, which is way up in the sky. So it's really, really cool. You've kind of gone kind of both sides, both the above and below, which is really, really funky. And it's really odd, a little bit bizarre, but not quite what I thought, but very, very cool. I think it's at this point in One Piece that it starts to feel a lot more polished. The story feels more polished and so does the animation. And it seems to be a little bit more elevated and so do like the colours. It's super, super nice to watch. And this arc shows the new techniques that all the Straw Hats have gained over their two years of training. So Luffy gained control over three forms of Hacky and mastered his devil fruit powers to a much greater extent now. Zoro gained more mastery over his three-sword style of fighting and speed. He's also aware of Hake foreshadowing his uses of Bokushoku Hake in the following arcs. Nami has a climb attack called Sorcery Climb Attack and has developed more of her fighting style and how she kind of fights. Usopp has one of the biggest glow-ups, I think, and Usopp has upgraded his Kabuto to the Kuro Kabuto and has learned how to use pot greens and has much more control over how his fighting style has completely changed into kind of being more sniper less slightly less sniper i would say and becomes much more plant focused and kind of uses all these different plants and seeds in order to fight for him sanji has better control over his daimbo jambe and has a few more techniques like the jumping in the air like cp9 aware of haki but we've not really seen him using yet and chopper has loads more control over his uh, he's hit, hitting me powers and has an awesome kind of mid-range one that we see. It's so good. That, that is like the best one that I think. I can't remember what the point is called, but it's really, really cool. Robin has much more mastery over her Hanahana no me powers 
and overall fighting so she can actually make copies of herself now which is very very cool and Frankie has just everything that he can throw a wrench at and he's super like cyborg now absolutely like just has so many like transformer style level abilities very cool but my favorite one is Brooks and Brooke discovered the true power of his yummy yummy no me powers and allowed him in the form of his soul to leave his skeletal body and it looks insane I love this and side note I love the scene where we first see Brooke's soul and how it left his body it's so so good I love spooky stuff so that is right on my street and also love that Brooke just becomes a white vacant shell while his soul is out and about kind of doing what he needs to do and since we met Brooke at Thriller Park Brooke has become one of my absolute favorite members of the Straw Hats is so so cool I absolutely love that character and that power I cannot wait to see how that becomes more more of something as the story goes on but Fishman Island is one of the ones where we see the most foreshadowing of One Piece I think so we hear about the Noah, the Ship of Promise, and we have the first mention of Joy Boy as well. So in Robin's talk with Neptune about the Void Century, that was introduced as the Ship of Promise, and Noah made its first introduction. So Noah is an arc built during the Void Century by a human named Joy Boy, who made a promise with the mermaid princess Poseidon to use the arc to take everyone to the surface, being unable to hold up his part of the deal, Joy Boy would leave behind a pony glyph apologising, which is the one that Robin found. So Joy Boy made a promise with the island to use the power of the legendary mermaid princess at that time, the ability to summon and control sea kings to accomplish a certain task that involves the great Ark Noah. But Joy Boy failed to keep his promise, and so he left an apology on the pony glyph in the sea forest, with his legacy that someone in the future will complete the promise. And until that day arrives, Noah has been guarded by the Fishman Island, and the Sea Kings to ensure the promised day would arrive. And there's been it's been 800 years until that time. And we know that Shirahashi has that power to control the Sea Kings like the past Meme Princess, which is very interesting. And she is almost like the ancient weapon of Poseidon now. This is a side note about Shirahashi, but why do we not have a Funko Pop of Shirahashi yet? I would absolutely love that. She became such a cool character in the end. And I think we've got so much more to see from Shirahashi and Neptune himself and Fishman Island. I think Fishman Island has a lot is a lot more key than some of the other islands that we've seen and we've been through been to already. I think there's so much more that this island holds, especially the Ponyglyph with Noah with Joy Boy. And I think Fishman Island has one of the most powerful messages, I think, within One Piece. And one of them many real world issues that is addressed through its storyline. It's a message that's actually, it's a story all about racism. And although this message is clear throughout with all the reads, all the season with with the fishmen, the mermaids and the government and all that kind of stuff, it's Luffy's blood donation scene with Jinbei that really drives that message home. And the scene has a voiceover that talks about that no matter what race you are, when we bleed, it comes out the same. It's still red when it comes out. And I think that is one of the most kind of, a lot of anime have a a moral at the end. But I think this one, I think where One Piece sets itself a little bit aside is the fact that it tackles a lot of really heavy subjects, a lot of really heavy messages. And it's interesting that they use something like this 
like a species of fishman and mermaid and human to really drive that message home because they are so visibly different but they're exactly the same on the inside they're still a person they still bleed they still hurt and it's super super it's an awesome scene it's really like delicately done it's really really nice and definitely you know props to an anime for tackling the subjects that one piece does so within Fisherman Island, we see a lot of different stuff as well. So we get the first mention and reveal, or a bit of a reveal, of Big Mom, and one of which who is one of the four emperors. And the reveal of Big Mom really reminded me of Studio Ghibli, and very specifically the witch character in Spirited Away, like the witch of the bathhouse and her twin sister. I guess that they, they look the same, but because of her big head and the eyes and the nose have the exact same vibe as that character from Studio Ghibli. It's super creepy with her eating her own crew because she was hungry for sweets. It's just wild and very, very Studio Ghibli. I don't know if that was part of the inspiration for that character, but I can't believe the only one that got that vibe, surely. If you leave a review, which please do, please leave a review for the episode. If you do, please let me know if, if you think that, if you had that same thought as well, that that reminded you of Judo Ghibli, Spirited Away. I can't be the only one. We do get the first insights of some of Big Mom's crew as well. Two of them specifically, but there is that girl as well that it does reveal where she's kind of sat with Big Mom, but quite off to the side. Don't know who she is, we don't know anything about her, but that's interesting that we've got quite a bit of screen time of her and we see the other two where they go and collect the candy where they can't collect them because it's been eaten by Luffy. We see them quite a bit through the series, so I think they must play a quite a pivotal role with Big Mom in later on in the series. So to kind of round off, we've got some trivia to kind of dive into and kind of give you a better idea of some of the background stuff that kind of lies within Fishman Island. So Though it's literally directly under the main seat of power in the world government, Fishman Island was previously under protection of Whitebeard, RIP Whitebeard unfortunately, and Big Mom. And now it's actually under the protection of the Straw Hat Pirates. We don't see Big Mom or Whole Cake Island for a while, I don't believe. So I think it'll be interesting to see what happens in the time of and how often we kind of hear or see Big Mom between the time of him arriving, of Luffy arriving at Whole Cake Island. I'm interested to see how that kind of plays out. I think we got a while until those two titans kind of clash. Fishman Island remains the Straw Hat's longest delayed destination, or until, up until now it does. They set sail for it on episode 323 and arrived at episode 527 due to the unexpected events at Thriller Bark, Sir Belgo, and obviously the Summit War. R.I.P. Ace, R.I.P. Edward Newgate. And this is the first arc in the anime to have an equal number of episodes compared to the chapters in the manga. And ironically, upon the Straw Hat's entrance to the first half of the Grand Line, they're attacked by a giant squid inside Laboon, while on their entrance to the second half, they're attacked by a giant kraken. And the ability Luffy has to be able to hear the voice of animals was first seen in the non-canon warship Island arc, and this makes it the first time that something has first seen in the anime filler arc is added to the official canon storyline. So that's kind of nice. I always kind of wonder how they kind of work that out and kind of work with the non-canon stuff and the canon stuff. So interesting that they kind of start to merge them together. I think that's really, really nice. And Fisherman Island could potentially have been based off the legendary city and legend that is Atlantis. Just in case you don't know, that's a fictional underwater island created by Greek scholar Plato. 
It was originally apparently located above sea level and the island was said to have been submerged due to conflict between its residents and the Greek gods and potentially this mirrors the conflict between the fishermen and the world government who, with the world nobles, kind of basically tell themselves they are gods or consider themselves godlike. So I think that's interesting and so many things have been inspired by Atlantis so I wouldn't be surprised if Fishman Island didn't at least take a few keynotes from that legend. Overall, I really enjoyed this arc. I think I had little moments where I was a bit kind of itchy to get to the next arc, but I loved the aesthetic of this island. And the thing that piqued my interest the most about Fishman Island is the fact that we heard about Joy Boy and the Ship of Promise. Those are things I didn't even think were going to be mentioned at this point in One Piece, not at 500 and odd. That's interesting, and I think that shows testament to some of the foreshadowing, the heavy foreshadowing that we see in One Piece, that it's already been mentioned now, and at current standing, I'm only at 604 in Punk Hazard. So we already know about Joy, but we've already kind of heard a mention of him and his apology in Ponyglyphs, or specifically Ponyglyph at Fishman Island. So, interesting. So where, how much more are we going to find out in that journey way up until where it's at now, where we've actually seen the reincarnation of Joy Boy in 1071 to 3 and so on. That is going to be crazy. I cannot believe we've already kind of heard about it. So I'm excited to see what we kind of learn within Punk Hazard or if we learn anything about Punk Hazard or whether or Joy Boy in Punk Hazard or whether it kind of just sits there for a little bit in the background until we get further into the story, maybe in Wano, that kind of side. My favourite character of Fishman Island was Shirahashi. She was just a crybaby, essentially, but she has such an amazing power, and I think her being Poseidon becomes something much more of, like, next-level power that she's just not able to... Or she is able to tap into it, but she's not got the proper awareness or control of it as of yet. So I'm interested to see how she'll kind of develop and what role she plays in Fishman Island and the rest of the world and the red line and the grand line, all that kind of stuff. The rest of the One Piece world, essentially, is what I'm trying to say. I'm interested to see where she kind of sits as the rest of it, as the story develops. I'm interested to see how she develops. As I've kind of looked into the trivia for this series and this season for Fishman Island, I've kind of noticed that a lot of the stuff is a lot of hate about this season. And I don't know if it's one of my favourites, but I definitely don't think it deserves the hate that it does. I think a lot of people hate this season because of the lack of a really strong villain. And I think it's kind of a blade of two halves, that one. Luffy, the it, the battles were harder because Luffy couldn't just fight like normal. It was in a bubble or in the ocean or on a ship that was going down. So there was a, there was a lot of external factors that made the villain and the fights really hard. The villain itself kind of wasn't. He wasn't. So I think that's kind of why people don't really like it. It's not the standardised kind of battle. But I think it's interesting because of the environment made the battle really hard for Luffy. So there's pros and cons to both. I enjoyed this season. I feel like I'm going to end up saying this for each season. I enjoyed it. It's nice. But I don't think it, I don't think it's one of my favourites. It has some of my favourite characters in there and good moments. But overall, it was a good one. I enjoyed this season. I think it's a good, solid 6 or 7 out of 10. I I don't think I'll end up putting it 1 
really below it, if I'm honest. But really, really good. I think a lot of, a lot of arcs I end up liking are the ones that are a little bit hated for some reason. A lot of people hate Thriller Bark, but that ended up one of my favourite ones. And I know for a fact that, you know, it's just more of a Halloween spooky vibe, but it's right up my street, so I'm going to love it. And I love that one. And we met Brooke in that one, so who who can hate that? Who hates Brooke? Hello. But yeah, a lot of people end up hating this arc because of the villain and being not so strong. But I think this one has its own moments about with the blood donation scene, the Joy Boy mentioned, the Ponyglyph reading, the backstory of Jinbei as well. We've got a lot of about Jinbei and his relation to the Fisherman Pirates, the Harlong Pirates, and how that kind of affected Nami. And we saw a lot of that kind of emotional conflict and opening up and all that discussion, which was really, really nice. So Nami is one of my favourite characters as well. So was, that was nice to kind of have that moment with Jinbei. I think this arc has its special moments and skipping it, will you will miss a lot of it. I think a lot of them, a lot of the moments are few and far between, but there are, they are really good on their own. And the story kind of helps flesh out the One Piece world a little bit more. So no, don't skip it. I say this about every single arc. Don't skip it. It's not worth it. Thank you so much for checking out this episode. If you're new to the podcast, thank you so much for checking this out. I really do appreciate every single listen, every follow, every download. It really does mean a lot. From one weeb to another, thank you so much. If you're wanting any anime merch, head over to my social media links. Find me on social media, find me on TikTok, Instagram, all that good stuff. And you'll see a link to my eBay shop where I have a bunch of anime themed prints for you to check out with worldwide shipping. Please do leave a rating and a review on the podcast platform that you're listening on this to. It really does support the show. It only takes a few seconds and it's free. I cannot ask. If I ask one thing of you, I'd ask that. Please do leave a rating and a review. Even if it's not great, please let me know. You know, it's even a bad one. Bad press is always... what. No, what's the saying? Any press is good press, I guess. Oh, that rhymed. So, so... A rating and a review would be great. It really does support the show, so thank you so, so much for whatever roof kind of review you do leave. If you're a mega fan of anime, then why not check out my brand new Patreon monthly subscription club? There are three tiers of membership, Chibi Fan, Chibi Super Fan, and Chibi Mega Fan, with each tier being better than the last. Each month, for one cost, you'll receive free prints, free downloads and much, much more, including exclusive behind the scenes videos, photos and more of how I create my prints and anime themed artwork. If you'd like to receive exclusive updates and anime themed goodies every single month delivered straight to you, then why not check out my Patreon? The link's down below. I'm sure you'll love being a part of the Chibi Weeb fan club. Sometimes finding a birthday card or an occasion card can be a boring task. However, I have some anime-themed cards on my thoughtful.co.uk creator profile, which is found in my links on social media. Over on Thoughtful, you'll find a bunch of anime-themed cards, such as Studio Ghibli Happy Birthday cards and more, with my range being updated regularly. Each card is processed by thoughtful.co.uk, with shipping being fast, quick and efficient. You can shop my anime-themed cards over on my Instagram, with my links being over on there. Search Chibi Weeb Anime and you'll find me. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for checking out the podcast. It really does mean a lot. 
please do leave a rating and a review down below. It really does support the show and it's free to do. I'll see you next time. I'll see you next Friday. Have a great weekend. If you're a subscriber or if you're thinking of subscribing or starting the free trial on Apple Podcasts, I'll see you on Sunday for the next episode of the Chibi Peace exclusive Apple Podcast exclusive episode on Sunday. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye.